Welcome back, everyone. It has been a hot minute since I have sat down and recorded one of these. Um, simple explanation for that is, I guess, just that's college. Um, yeah, it's been a minute. A lot has happened uh, in the world, I guess, since I have recorded. But this is mainly a sports show, so I will talk about that. Um... Uh, I guess we will start in the NBA. That's my favorite sport is basketball. Um, the Lakers, after it looked like Miami might be brewing a little bit of a comeback, uh, come out and blow them out in game six. Uh, it's when the franchise's 17th championship. LeBron James um, wins finals MVP, his fourth and fourth championship. So big uh, congrats to him. Um, this series was... I, I think what I expected but not predicted, um, again, at the beginning, I, I, I said Lakers in four or five. I kind of expected that big game out of Jimmy. I didn't expect Miami to get another game um, and make it interesting. I, I did not expect that. Um, but, again, I think the general gist I expected. Um, LeBron was great. I'm in the camp Personally, I think Anthony Davis deserved Finals MVP a little bit more, but I do understand why you have to give it to LeBron for the narrative. Um, yeah, hats off to the Lakers. I again, I think um, you know, great team effort. They're just better than Miami. I think Miami really collapsed in this final. They were great in the Eastern Conference final, but Bam gets hurt, Dragic gets hurt. Um, you know, Hero and Robinson don't shoot as well. Uh, so this happens. Um, but an interesting point I, I saw on Twitter, and I kind of want to reiterate right now, is I think outside of the bubble, neither of these teams uh, get to the finals. And let me explain why. I think the the road uh, kind of is a unique place uh, to play in a lot of these arenas. I think, you know, you have to go to Toronto and go to Boston and go to Milwaukee and um, you know, going to Denver, um, and even going to LA for, for them, I think is a little different. Um, I think if we were having a normal season, I think if this were taking place in arenas, I, I just don't think Miami would have gotten past Boston. Um, that being said, I think if it were taking place in arenas, I don't think uh, Miami gets past Milwaukee, but I think definitely playing in a bubble benefited teams with, a whole lot of veterans, and I think there's a big argument to be made that these two teams had the most veterans. Um, so that's where I'm at with that, because I know a lot of people are like putting an asterisk next to this championship. Personally, I think it's a real championship. Um, I think you can talk about rigged refs. I think you can talk about, you know, the NBA wanted this to happen as much as you want, but it, it did happen. Um... On LeBron, because I feel like that's the main point that everyone's getting at, even though AD also won a championship, I think Anthony Davis should be remembered um, for this playoff run simply because this is one of the best playoff runs we've seen from a big man maybe in NBA history. Um, and he just didn't – he got kind of snubbed of finals MVP, which, again, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think the Lakers will be here again. Whether that be next year or the year after, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be next year. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, all-around great team effort from L.A. Um, 
Miami's got a lot to build on. They've been talking about going all in in the offseason. I don't really see how they can improve uh, based on their current cap situation without giving up too many future assets, uh, or at least the assets they have left because they've already traded a decent amount of those future assets. So for me, it's it's uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason. It's starting, I think they, they said the date was December 1st, so that'll be interesting. Uh, to see. So yeah, those are my finals, just kind of ending thoughts. Uh, I think if it wasn't in the bubble, I would probably say it would have been Clippers, Celtics, um, just off of how the teams were playing. Uh, I think both those teams really did not benefit from a bubble. <laughs> uh, I think if they were able to play at home, uh, they would have been pretty good. Um, so let's get into the few things we've seen in the offseason so far because it's technically not the offseason but we all say it's the offseason because the real season's over uh so i just kind of want to talk about uh some of the moves uh that have been made the first one that i don't think we got to uh the last recording of this episode but it happened before then was uh billy donovan to the bulls um i liked the higher I won't say too much on it. I think he was good in OKC. I think this is what Chicago needs. They needed a a stable coach. They needed stability. I feel like, um, you know, Jim Boylan was just not a good fit. And everybody knew it, but they just wouldn't fire him. So I think this is good progress for them. They have a good draft pick. yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll maybe do something next year. I think in a weak Eastern Conference, they, they could maybe make the playoffs with the right coach. Uh, we've seen them do it before uh, in the mid-2000s with, like, Ben Gordon and that collection of, like, weird young players make the playoffs. They, they lost to the Wizards, but still they made it. So, yeah, there's that. Um, I guess the next thing I have is Ty Lue being promoted in L.A., I wasn't surprised. I think a lot of people were surprised by this move. I was not. I actually, I think, I don't, I can't remember back to the last podcast because it was like 10 days ago, but um, I'm like 90% sure that I seconded this um, and said that Ty Lue was going to go. I think this propels them a lot. I think Doc was not the right coach for them. And I, I really think it's just a Blatt versus Lou situation 2.0. Uh, like an older coach doesn't really work when you have those kind of stars. I think you need a younger guy who played recently. Um, and I think Ty Lue is that. Ty Lue's a great coach. I think anytime you coach LeBron, your coaching is always going to be pretty underrated. And I liked Ty Lue in Cleveland, so I think he's a good fit in L.A. Um, speaking of Doc Rivers, going to Philadelphia, we talked about it last episode. I vividly remember Billy being a little too ambitious about his predictions for the 76ers, but that being said, I do like the fit. Uh, Dave Yorger uh, just signed on today, too, to join that staff. So it should be interesting in Philly. Uh, I think they're a team that is either going to be really good or suck next year. I am 50-50 on them as far as where they're going to turn. Um, again, the, the coaching got a lot better, but I think the problem with that team was not necessarily all coaching. It might have been a lot of its coaching, uh, but the scheme fit of that team is just awful. Uh, zero shooting, way too many bigs, not a true point guard uh, for the modern NBA. I just and like no real wing score. You know how if you go if you're looking at at the Atlantic Division, I'll throw that out there. And 
you have every team except for Philly has a wing scorer. You go to Toronto, and I think you can point out Siakam and like Ananobi. Like those are the guys that are going to attack you and hurt you from the wing. In Brooklyn, it's pretty obvious. It's Karis Levert and Kevin Durant. Uh, in Boston, again, it's the three guys. It's Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward. Um, the Knicks, they're irrelevant right now, but I think even R.J. Barrett is like a preferable option. Um, and Philly doesn't really have anyone there. It's weird. Uh, they they just don't have anyone to fill that position. I think the closest guy you can get to is like Matisse Thibel, but he was largely absent in the playoffs. Um after that, do you really want to throw Tobias Harris into that category? I think he's more of a stretch guy. Uh, so I just don't like their fit, but those contracts just make Harris and Horford untradeable at this point without giving up a major asset. So I, I think that's a team that could make a trade. I know a lot of people have been, you know, hypothetically and given out the theories about like, oh, they're trying to trade with Golden State. They're trying to get Wiggins and a ton of draft picks for Embiid, which is like, obviously that's like the ideal situation for, you know, maybe not Philly, but for, for Golden State. And people are like, oh, it gives Philly a wing scorer. But it's like, that's Andrew Wiggins. You got to look at the your division and there's better wing scoring out there. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do. That kind of leads me into another thing I want to touch on, which is Bradley Beal. I feel like that's a name that's been thrown around a ton this offseason so far, even in the playoffs. Bradley Beal's name is just getting thrown out there. I think, I think personally, it's not even a done deal he leaves Washington. Do I think it'll happen? Yeah, I think they'll trade him. I think they're going to find John Wall's not the same player. You're likely going to lose Davis Bertans in free agency. Um, you have some decent pieces there, but I don't think you have enough. Uh, I think that's a team that at most is a second-round exit next year as constructed, and that's if John Wall comes back fully healthy, which I don't think he will. Um, so I question them a little bit. I think Beal does get traded, maybe not in the offseason, but maybe a little bit into this season. Um, the teams that I look at for needing him, I think the the most obvious one to me that pops out, um, and this might be just because I'm a fan of the team, but even when you look at fit, I think the Celtics just pop out to me right away as a team that could move for him. Because uh, you have Hayward to match the money and then a ton of young guys and draft picks uh, to fill in those holes. So I think you could easily do that. Um, other teams, I, I think Golden State also oddly sticks out to me just because I think I'm not sold on them, like, buying into Wiggins yet. I, I think if an opportunity comes up to get a better wing player, I think they'll take it. Uh, I think another team to look at uh, would maybe be the Clippers looking into that. People have been saying Lakers on Twitter, and it's mainly Lakers fans saying that, but, again, they just don't have the pieces. Uh, there's no realistic way to get that done. Um I mean, like, Kuzma and Danny Green and picks, like, the few picks you have left, that I don't think that gets it done. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where Beal goes. And, again, I'm never going to rule out Miami because they can just sometimes be slithering 
Uh, but I think they're going to go after more. Miami's going to go after Oladipo and Giannis. Um, but, yeah, Beal, Beal, I think if there's an interesting player to watch this season, uh, or this offseason, rather, um, it, it's him uh, to be moved. Uh, other small little details, um, some role players that are going to be on the market. Again, we're I'm talking about this now because there literally is not much else to talk about in the offseason. Um Enes Kanter and Rajon Rondo, both likely opting out of their contracts and finding new teams. It'll be interesting to see where they go. Um, both of them, I think Rondo more so than Kanter, have earned uh, more money than they're making this year. Uh, so they will likely get those contracts, which is good for them. Uh, get that money. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on with the NBA, just as we kind of run through all these topics, is uh, the Rockets just complete overhaul this offseason. I feel like nobody's talking about that. They fired their coach. Uh, they they let go of a couple, I think, assistants, too. I'm not 100% sure on that. And then the big one dropped today that Daryl Morey got or is stepping down. That's kind of just lingo for he got fired pretty obviously because right after a ton of stuff started leaking about how their owner was very involved with um, team personnel, which is never a good sign, by the way. Anytime an owner is um, involved in a lot of team personnel, it's, it's never a good thing. Um, in the Chris Paul trade, he was involved. So that should be interesting to see what happens uh, in Houston. Maybe they move for a third star. Maybe they're to watch with Bradley Beal. They do love small ball. But I think they're going to move for a big, maybe get uh, like a Dwight Howard back. I don't know. Just try and make more of a real lineup. Um, other things that, that, you know, I kind of noticed, um, well, obviously I, I, this one I wrote down, but I think it's pretty easy to say is that uh, Anthony Davis re-upping with the Lakers, he's going to opt out and re-up with them. Not surprised at all. I think everybody knew that was coming. Uh, the Nets dropped some pretty cool classic jerseys. Same with the Raptors dropping some new ones. Uh, the Raptors, I think they went two for three. I think the red ones, uh, in that photo they dropped in the middle are trash, but the other two are pretty good. Uh, the Nets classic jerseys are amazing. Um, so cool seeing Kyrie and KD in those. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's kind of the NBA wrap-up, I guess. Um, on LeBron's legacy, I, again, I think w- if we're talking all-time, I think this pushes him, in my eyes, a little closer to number two. Uh, he's been number three ever since 2016 for me. Uh, Before that, I had viewed him probably below Magic um, at at number four or five. Um, But but my my top three now is definitely definitive, I would say, and he's creeping up on two. My top three is uh, Jordan, Kareem, LeBron. Um, I think LeBron's sneaking up there. I think he'll get him eventually. I don't think he ever catches Jordan. Uh, that's why I said I don't think this title does too much as far as like him and Jordan. I think there's still a decent amount of separation there. Um, just because Jordan's longevity, Jordan did more with less against better competition. He played in an era where you were allowed to hand check, push, flagrant foul- fouls were seldom called. Um, so yeah, uh, the three-point line at the time was a bit farther back, so... It's a lot easier to play now. Pace and space, better coaching, uh, you know, three-point shooting. But 
again, I'm not discrediting LeBron's title. That's something that I've seen a lot is that people are saying, if you don't think LeBron is better than Jordan, now that's disrespect. Saying a player is top three all time is the farthest thing from disrespect. Uh, that is respectful in my eyes. I think LeBron is a top three player of all time. I think there's no doubt about that. Anytime you do what he's done for this long, you are. But that being said, he has not reached the mountain yet. Um, he has not peaked Jordan. Um, I think Jordan's career overall has been more accomplished. I think the thing that people mix up is comparing the eras. I think you see the only reason that a lot of younger people think that LeBron is the GOAT uh, is because they grew up with him. Uh, I, you know, and we all have the advantage of the internet. I was not alive to see Michael Jordan play in his prime. But again, luxury of the internet. I've watched my full game highlights. Uh, not just highlights, actually. I meant like the full games. Like you watch those whole games. Um, I, I have the benefit of numbers at my fingertips. Uh, and I have the benefit of kind of comparing both um, with a lot of opinions. And I think there are some good points on both sides as to why they are better than each other. I think they're better than each other at certain things. I think LeBron is a better passer and playmaker. I think Jordan is a better shooter and defender. Um, again, it's it's really just your preference. In my eyes, LeBron has not topped Kareem. I think Kareem gets a lot of hate in this, but if you look at his accomplishments, if you look at his style, I think today Kareem would be unguardable uh, just because he was so big and had the only, and let me reiterate, the only unstoppable move in NBA history. Um, you could not block the skyhook. If you hit him, you fouled him. Uh, he had a mid-range game that was built on finesse. I'm sure if he played today, uh, he would have built in a three-point game. I think a lot of people look at older centers and say, oh, they couldn't shoot, but it's like they weren't asked to shoot, so they weren't going to in the offense. A lot of people say that about Jordan too. Uh, he can't shoot, and I just kind of <laughs> I just kind of laugh at that because it's like – if he was playing in today's game, he he would have shot more threes. You know, he's playing in an era where shooting threes was not viewed as efficient. You know, Steph Curry had not come along yet. Uh, there was no reason for teams to start getting in three-point battles. I think people don't understand that Steph Curry, as much as people hate him, he changed the game of basketball because he made it about the three-point shot. Uh, Jordan never had a pioneer like that to try to transition the game into a whole different era. He was playing in an era where you go to the basket, where you set up guys, you run plays for mid-range shots, you don't take threes because it's too risky and the line is deeper out. Um, so, yeah, that's in summation some of, of you into why I think Jordan's better. I think I would, I'm going to do like a full episode on why I think Jordan is better than LeBron, because I, I've never gotten why it's such a contentious topic to compare the two. I think LeBron's career is not over. I think calling him better now is just so premature. I mean, it took until Jordan's, like, last year for a lot of people. If you go back and listen to, to news coverage and sports pundits and read articles from back in the day, you know, this guy was, I mean, up until... Maybe his last two years, people didn't 
think he was better than Magic. You know, people didn't think he was better than Bird or Kareem. For a while, people didn't think he was better than Dr. J. Um, but it, you have to watch their whole career and look back in perspective. I think people are going to look back on LeBron's career, and a lot of the people that hate it now, a lot of the people that, and again, I don't hate LeBron. I don't hate him. I think he's a. I think he's a good guy. I think he's, what he's done off the court, is like ten times better than what Jordan ever did. I think LeBron, his impact in the community is going to elevate his legacy. Um, that being said, if we're just talking on court, I think you have to watch his whole career play out. I think he he himself said it best is that he is chasing a ghost from Chicago, and we are going to have to wait till it's all said and done to see where he's at. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. This championship did not elevate him over Jordan. You know, he hasn't won as many. He hasn't climbed the mountain. You know, this championship is arguably easier. I think coming in, everybody who, you know, when LeBron wasn't favored to win, you know, back two rounds ago, um, people were saying this championship was had an asterisk. Uh, it was going to be easier. You're in a bubble. You don't have to go to Staples Center. And now they're saying it's harder. So... It's all about perspective with that. Um, but on the court, I think you have to wait till the end of their career. As far as off the court, I think LeBron off the court, what he's done with his platform is top five all time. Uh, no doubt about it in my mind. We, we don't have to wait for his career to be over. Uh, you know, he, he is almost following the guys in the 60s and 70s like the Ali's, the Russell's, the Oscars, the Kareem's, you know, the guys who used their platform to say something. And LeBron has done that beautifully. And, you know, he's really kind of inspired a whole new generation of players who want to do that. And it's great for the game. It's great for the world. And I think that, to me, is where, if we're talking greatness, I think Jordan was an icon. As far as an athlete, he made basketball cool to a generation that was growing up after Bird and Magic that didn't really know where to go. They saw the bad boy Pistons and they thought, oh, basketball's, you know, I don't know if that's for me. And then Jordan came along, brought entertainment back. I think LeBron is doing the same thing. It's this generation that watched. An older Jordan, it watched a younger Kobe, it watched the Spurs, and thought, where is the guy? Where is the guy for this generation? We had Magic and Bird, we had Jordan, who's the guy? It's LeBron. Uh, and again, the, his legacy is so far above any other athletes, but he's not better than Jordan. And if you think that's an insult, I think your logic is just off. Um, but calling him the third greatest basketball player of all time is not disrespectful. It's a compliment. His career is great. So that's as much as I want to talk on LeBron about. Uh, let's transition into a different sport, the NFL. That's still currently going on uh, for how long? Who knows? Uh, COVID is ravaging uh, everybody again. As the Titans recover, the Falcons go down. I think 
Everybody wanted to see the Titans play. You know, they're one of the best teams in the NFL this year. A lot of people sleeper Super Bowl pick. They are one of my sleeper Super Bowl picks. Um, but the Falcons, nobody wants to see them. They've been terrible all year. They've choked away the season. I think Dan Quinn deserves to be fired. They have been ravaged with COVID. Kind of, I don't want to say deservedly so, but yeah. Uh, not a good look. <laughs> um, so Atlanta goes down with COVID. I think they'll be back. I think their game this week might just be canceled. Um, the day I'm recording this, it is 11.58 at night, so it's about to turn to October 16, but it is October 15th. The day I'm recording this, Le'Veon Bell has signed with the Kansas City Chiefs, making them the, um, I'll say death star of the NFL as far as on paper with their offense. Uh, the only reason I'm not calling them unstoppable is that defense needs to be fixed now. Uh, their defense has been awful compared to some other top teams this year. Uh, I mean, you look at Seattle's, you look at Green Bay's, you look at even Tennessee's, you look at Baltimore's, who's arguably been the best in the league. Um, you know, you look at a team like Chicago, you look at even Pittsburgh's, um, and the Bills, too. Uh, you know, their defense is struggling. Uh, you know, you lose to Las Vegas, that's a rough, rough way to lose. Uh, at home, with fans, Mahomes makes some costly plays. So... Maybe Le'Veon can aid that. I think the problem was more on defense. Specifically, uh, your secondary needs a little bit of work. Uh, speaking of some contenders, uh, I don't want to gloat too much because this was my beginning of the season prediction, as I will take a sip of water for it. Uh, I'm right. I was right the whole time. We can go back, go back to the episode where we do our Super Bowl predictions. Um... I said Chiefs Seahawks. I was wrong about the winner. I am very much right about the NFC team, who is the favorite. In my mind, no doubt. At this point, if I had to pick a Super Bowl favorite, I'd put the Packers, Chiefs, and Ravens in a little little ball, and then about 70 billion miles ahead of them, in a rocket ship towards Titletown are the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Russell Wilson has been the best quarterback in the league this year. In my opinion, he is the MVP um, of the NFL. I don't think it's close. Um, he, he's been amazing. He, he's, I think, I don't know if he broke Aaron Rodgers' record for touchdowns through the first couple games, but... He's been great. This has been the best season he's ever had. I think he will win MVP at this point. I think well-deserved. I, I find it baffling that he has not won an MVP yet. He is one of the most consistently great quarterbacks in the league, and he's just getting snubbed every year, and I'm so happy he's getting one this year. Even though he beat my Patriots, he's been amazing. He's been so great. Um, and that defense has been really underrated. I, I think... They could use another piece. I think like the Chiefs offense did with Le'Veon, how you you could tell it was great, but it, it like needed one more thing to push it over the edge. I think that's what the Seahawks' defense needs. Uh, it's been kind of overachieving this year, but I, I do think they need one more piece to kind of push them over the edge. Uh, Jamal Adams, he'd been iffy in the first couple games. I think in the last two games he's really found his footing. Uh, K.J. Wright has been phenomenal. Bobby Wagner's been great as always. Same with Jaron Reed. 
Um, but I, I do want to see them go get one more one more piece. Who it is, I don't know. I think that probably happens via the trade. I don't see too many defensive free agents really lurking right now other than Earl Thomas if you want to bring him back. But I don't really see that happening because your secondary uh, is <laughs> your secondary is kind of set in stone at this point. Um, but I do like uh, Seattle right now as my Super Bowl favorites. Uh, the next team that's kind of surprised me this year is Chicago. I I don't think they're for real. I I've heard that coined a lot. Like, are the Bears a real contender? I don't think they are. I think this Bears team is like pretenders all the way. I I don't like them this year. But I think they have something to build on. I would go back to Trubisky, to be honest. I think they should probably be tanking for a quarterback, but what do I know? Um, but, yeah, their their defense has been great. They haven't played too many tough teams. Um, it'll be interesting to see them play kind of a real opponent. Uh, they beat Tampa, which was impressive. But I think Tampa made a couple miscues in that game, especially as Tom Brady fourth down. Um yeah, but they've been good. Um, the next thing I had on here is just kind of talking about the Patriots. This is an interesting team, a team that, again, I think probably should not be 2-2. Two and two. <laughs> uh, This is a team that, you know, if Cam doesn't get COVID and you get one more yard, this is a team that's 4-0. and oh. um, But it's a game of inches. Uh, I think... Cam Newton getting COVID very much hurt them. I think he beat the Chiefs with Cam. Um, Cam's coming back this week. Same with Gilmore, who never ended, actually ended up missing a week uh, due to COVID. But um, I, I think the Pats will win by about 50 this, <laughs> this week. That's my way of saying it's going to be a blowout at home versus Denver without their starting quarterback, star receiver, and best defenders. Um yeah, I think this game's a wrap. Um, so I think they'll be three and two. And the Bills just got absolutely torn apart by uh, Tennessee. So if if New England wants to build any momentum towards winning that division, uh, it starts right now because after this week, you have the Ravens. That Ravens game is getting <laughs> scarily close on your schedule as far as winnable games versus very hard games. Um, so you have to prepare for that, but I like what they're doing. I do think they need to add a receiver, though. Uh, I think Demir Bird's been great. Nikhil Harry has slowly become like a sleeper hit. Um, Edelman, other than that terrible, <laughs> terrible drop that led to a pick, uh, he's been great this year. This has arguably been his best season. Uh, you know, if you subtract that Chiefs game where he's playing with Hoyer and Stidham, uh, this has been Edelman's best season of his career, so who knows what they'll do. The AFC East, to me, is a very interesting division. Uh, going to a not interesting division, the uh, NFC East has been terrible this year. Just not a ton of winning. A devastating injury to Dak Prescott. Uh, really hope he gets through that. I think he will. He'll beat it. Um but, man, that was tough to watch, especially as a Celtics fan. I saw that a couple years ago with Hayward, and it was like deja vu. Um, nasty injury, but I think he'll be fine. Uh, the Cowboys maybe have the best vet backup in the league in Dalton, so they'll be good. Um, the, race for Trevor, <laughs> the race for Trevor Lawrence has been on. 
Uh, this has been one of the more fun, like, tank bowl years to watch, as, uh, as some people call it, like the tank bowl. Um, but yeah, the Falcons and Giants, plus the Jets, too, um, are, are really, really trying to get Trevor Lawrence. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who gets him. I think just for me, I, I really want to see the Falcons get him. I want to see if Atlanta can, like, not mess up a quarterback. Um, it'd be hilarious if the Jets didn't get him. It would be so funny. Because I know if they get him, they're going to mess him up. But it'd be really funny if the if the uh, Falcons didn't get him. It sucks because, like, all the teams that need – or, like, don't need quarterbacks. But actually going into the season, I was told by each one of these fan bases that they did not need a quarterback. Uh, all three teams that are 0-5. The Falcons were set on Ryan. Giants fans wouldn't shut the hell up about Daniel Jones. And uh, Jets fans were claiming Darnold was going to be Jesus now that Brady is gone. But um, – no, it's weird because I don't know what they're going to do. These teams, if they get Lawrence, are all going to have to trade a quarterback. Because uh, I think if the Falcons get him, they're not going to be smart enough to realize that Matt Ryan could train him up. I think if the Giants get him, they will have a, the dumbest quarterback battle of all time between Daniel Jones and <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. And if the Jets get him, oh, Lord, I pray for that guy. That that would be terrible if uh, if the Jets got him. But um, moving on from the NFL to the MLB to uh, baseball, the Rays and Astros going at it in the ALCS. I was very happy to see the Yankees lose in the ALDS. Uh, looks like the Rays. I think they won that series. I don't know. No. Wow. Oh wait, I knew that. Hold up. Oh, no, they didn't. Wow, they actually just lost again. Uh, so the Astros won game five. So that's going to game six. That'll be interesting. Um, and then Atlanta just went up 3-1 uh, tonight on L.A., which is surprising to me. So I think it would be interesting to see a Atlanta-Tampa World Series. Please don't let it be the Astros. If there is a God, we do not need this at all. Um other things in sports, because I'm doing like a sporty episode. Not going to touch like politics or culture today, really. Um, um, it's tough. I, don't, I, I really don't know if uh, I didn't touch on anything. Chauncey Billups is going to be an assistant uh, in L.A. Um I don't know. After the finals, there's really nothing to talk about. And I mean, I feel like it's going to be an interesting offseason. A lot of stuff's going to happen. We'll do an episode for the offseason. Um, but this should be a weird week for football. It's gonna be a, this is going to be a big week for, uh, for, standing, for standings-wise. If we look at uh, the top of a lot of divisions, it's, it's within a game. Uh, even the team that I held as the best team in the league right now has the Rams on their heels at 4-1. and one. The NFC South is a three-way tie for first. The NFC East is so bad. Everyone has a losing record that it could go anywhere. Uh, the Packers and Bears are a half game apart. Um, again, the, the, the Bills and... Bills are four and one. Pats are probably going to be three and two this week, so that'll push to a game. 
Um, AFC North, Steelers, Ravens, and Browns all within half a game of each other. Um, Again, Chiefs, Raiders are a game back of them. Colts and Titans are um, very close. So it should be interesting. should be very, very, very interesting. Um, Just a quick reminder to everyone. November 3rd is slowly approaching. Uh, if the deadline has not passed in your state, please register to vote and do so. Um, that's been the episode. Thank you all for listening. Um, please follow, share the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BeatingBuzzer. Um, yeah, this has been the episode. Thank you all for watching.